0: Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, a royalty consultant helping artists to collect on their value.
1: Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them.
2: I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing.
3: Hi, I'm Tanya Oliveira. I work for Transparency Entertainment Group. I focus on world X usa neighbouring rights on the performer side and rights holder side hello
2: and welcome back to money in the air the neighboring rights podcast brought to you by IFR the international association for artists and rights holders and today we're going to take some more questions not just from artists but artists and management we have the artist management team Nick and Sarah Haywood say hi guys hello hello <laughs> for those of you who are very very young listeners Nick has been the voice of indie pop since the 80s. Nick and I grew up together in separate countries, not knowing each other. He has been on major labels, been an indie artist, been a producer, writes his own songs. He has done everything in the industry that there is to do. And he still has questions for us. And Sarah is new to the management scheme. So she's amazing considering the short period of time that you've been doing it how long have you been doing it well I would say I took it seriously when COVID started so how much have you learned and how big are the differences
1: between being a manager and a label oh they're massive massive running a label I was told like oh you need to register this thing with MCPS or you need to do this with PPL I never really knew what I was doing I was just filling out forms because that's what they asked me to do I didn't know what they meant until I got a bill in the mail and then I was just like oh okay maybe (laughs) I should have learned but Once COVID started, I thought, okay, the Music Managers Forum was having seminars and things to help new managers. This is the time for me to really start figuring it out properly and understanding Mm. what's going on.
2: They're one of our greatest resources for reaching people as well. Big fans of
1: the MMF. Brilliant. They're so helpful. Resources on their website are a lifesaver. And Mm. I refer to them all the time just to refresh my memory. You know, various topics. And
2: maybe now you'll use our website as well, please. Absolutely. I was looking at it today. Tanya, what's your top tip? For them now that they're independent and they have to register their own neighboring rights
3: yeah the sooner the better because you can only backdate six years on average for most of the world on the performer side and then on the rights holder side so like if you own your master's you only backdate by 12 months which isn't long at all so yeah the sooner the better and it's free to register at ppl and at the ppl equivalents around europe so aie in spain gvl in germany adami in france that's what I would advise the sooner the better, especially because it can take up to six months to get set up because of COVID. And a lot of Europe, you still need to post hard copies and it's just taking forever, as you can imagine. And then figure out where your biggest audiences are, because it's too much rigmarole to join, say, 50 PPL equivalents. It's just a bit crazy. So we tend to do about 10. You know, think of where are your biggest audiences, which countries do you have the most, airplay, streams, etc. And yeah, and then research them and join them. So when you say the master side can go back 12
2: months, you mean within whatever the fiscal year is. So if you register in February 2022, it will count for the whole of 2022
3: or will it start in February? That's a really good question. So if you guys signed up in February 2022, then in theory you get February 21 through to February 22 income.
1: Yeah, because we are with PPL, but I'd never thought about individually registering with other countries, but obviously that's something we need to look into.
2: Especially because you live in the States, so you you. need sound exchange. Yes, Yes. definitely sound exchange. And you know you need to register as the owner of the recording first Mm -hmm. and then claim it as the performer. Mm -hmm. So, and if you don't register as the owner of the recording, everywhere except the US, you'll never get paid as the performer. And you need to register both the recording and the release of the recording as Mm -hmm. a rights holder. And you do that with having your ISRC numbers Mm -hmm. through whoever distributes you. Although, if you're gonna sign this one to a label, they'll do that rights holder side for you. Just make sure you claim it back when that administration agreement or license ends. How easy is it? to register the performer side once the recordings are registered by the label owner?
3: Oh, it's really simple. Yeah, as long as the recordings have been registered, as you've said, you can log into the portal like at PPL and you just simply search for the track and then you just claim it, you put it into a basket and you just, you add your contribution where you the keyboard player, the bass player, the backing vocalist, et cetera. PPL pay for up to three roles. So if you've done more than one Audible contribution, claim everything because you'll get paid in theory three times and that's the case for a lot of the world and people don't know that and then it's a very similar portal at gvl in germany and other societies for example actra in Canada, you can just fill in a big spreadsheet and then you send off that repertoire spreadsheet to them and they'll ingest it. So yeah, it's you'll get to know this when you join the societies, but they're all a bit different. Some are manual claims like PPL, others are fill in a spreadsheet, which is time consuming, but then at least you have it. And you might have the format already, you might have details in a spreadsheet form already and send it off. Okay. On the performer side though, if he
2: is the featured performer, which he will be for almost everything, should he also claim individual instruments or just contracted feature
3: performer for
2: vocals and music.
3: That's a really good question. Definitely make sure you are contracted featured because you get on average a 60% share of the performer pot of money. The non-features, in other words, session musicians get 40%. And yes, if you've done more than one role as a contracted featured artist, yeah, clean them all. And it just, you know, you just kind of maximize your income. If there are no session
2: players on his featured performances, will he get the entire share or does the 40% get
3: lost? Yeah, he will. The featured performer lineup will get everything. Yes. Andrew, what's your top tip?
0: My top tip is register at Sound Exchange. You can either do an international mandate if you want to go with one society, so one CMO, meaning PPL, and then they would collect for the world, or you can do specific territory. So you could do PBL for everything outside of the United States, and then have a direct collection here in the US. So in that instance, then you would register at Sound Exchange both as the label and as the featured artist. So these are two separate halves. And the way that it breaks down is 50% of the income gets broken out for the label share and then 50% for the performer share that is reserved for the featured artist of the actual recording. So the workflow would be if you're releasing something independently, say the TuneCore, DistroKid, or any other distributor, while you're getting ready to release, you submit all of the registration information, your ISRC codes, like what is the song, what's the recording title. And then after that, it's in the sound exchange database. You claim as the artist of that recording to get the corresponding 50%. Say $100 comes in, $50 is going to be for label, $50 for the artist. We are a little bit different in the sense that we also give producers the ability to collect from an LOD. So say, for instance, you have a producer on your recording, you can allocate a percentage of your featured artist share to the producer. And then also the non-featured, performers which is the last bucket to get covered five percent of the overall hundred dollars is allocated to something called the afm seg after fund where the non-featured musicians background vocalists etc get paid out so that doesn't really concern you if you're the featured performer though
2: i have a question about nationalities and geography so nick is british but he lives in the states is he going to get any kind of disfavor by living in the States, which is not a Rome Convention signatory country.
3: No, he'll be absolutely fine as long as he proves he is a British citizen when he signs up with PPL and or with the different societies or CMOs. And just to quickly interject, CMO and society, we use those phrases interchangeably you mean the same thing yeah because they they always want to see your passport so if they see a british passport they'll be like "Yep, yeah, great rome convention country it doesn't matter where you live where you reside it doesn't matter it could be australia south africa where else doesn't pay yeah the u.s of course so you're already members of ppl
2: yes. and are you registered both as a label
1: and as a performer yes yeah okay so and is ppl collecting for you for the whole world I am about 99% sure they're collecting for the whole world, but Sound Exchange is something that has been kind of like lurking on my radar for a while, thinking I should probably look into that and just kind of make sure that everything is where it needs to be. Oh, good. And the the benefit of signing up with
2: Sound Exchange for the US is that it doesn't have to go to PPL in the UK and then come back to you. So you, you save money on the extra percentage that some the commission someone will take and you save money on the conversion costs to mm-hmm. convert to pounds and back to dollars. But you would have to also tell PPL mm-hmm. that you're limiting their your mandate to exclude the US when you sign up to sound exchange. Right. Of course that makes perfect sense.
0: If you're living in the US and your citizenship is with the UK, then I would definitely it out this way because you'll get the benefit of being a part of a rome convention country so this all breaks down to the fact that the us doesn't pay for terrestrial broadcast performance meaning that Like if a radio station, if a bar plays a sound recording, they don't have to pay any of these royalties because the lobbyists lobbied against it from the broadcasters way back in the day. So the rest of the world doesn't pay the U.S., most of the world, terrestrial broadcast performance. We pay off of like, Pandora internet satellite radio here, but we're a really big market. So if you have the bandwidth to manage both PPL and sound exchange, I think that you would get a very good benefit by doing that.
2: And where should they be for the rest of the world if they only
3: want to sign up to those two? Who should they give the rest of the world to? PPL? Yes, I would say PPL because they have very strong bilateral relationships with most of the world and they recognize each other as Rome Convention countries that pay neighboring rights. Um so that's what I would recommend. But yeah, definitely sign up with Sound Exchange directly and regionally. And as Stacy said, you'll bypass commissions and the kind of loss of value with all the conversions of the currencies.
4: I just thought there isn't any royalties in America. I got so used to it. I thought, like, okay, having a 90 a record that got to number 90 and i think it got to number two in the independent charts and i didn't see anything nothing anywhere and so i i kind of just thought oh that's normal that's what it is just
2: the way america works yeah but but america even though they pay on less types they pay more for neighboring rights than every other country in the world combined Wow. it's a much bigger pot it's nearly a billion and other countries aren't. The next biggest country is only in the 200, 300 million. In the UK. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's definitely worth doing it. And I'm just going to reiterate for everyone listening at home the difference between um, songwriting and performing. So, neighboring rights is only for the artist and the per- public performance of the recording. And that's PPL Sound Exchange. And for the songwriter and the publisher, that goes through ASCAP. BMI, PRS, it's for the public performance of the composition. And you can have PRS income or ASCAP income if somebody plays live, but you can't have it on the recording side because there's no recording. It's a live play until it's filmed. And then it becomes a live recording after that, if you get an ISRC for it. So, uh,
4: so I I've, I've just remember touring around America and playing stuff and just that was it.
2: But I advise sending PRS every setlist for every live gig you do, mm. because otherwise they pay out on an algorithm based mm. on percentages of popularity instead of actual plays. Mm. So the more you tell them you've played mm. a song that you've written the higher up in the algorithm will start rising.
4: Okay, because I do remember that where I filled in my first PRS live form and I just thought, oh, this is a bind. And then I got a thousand pounds at the end of the year and I thought, give me the form, give me the form for <laughs> the next year, because it's the conditioning of, of the music world. That's why it's changing, isn't it? It's,
2: it's so, so hard to make great music, but making great music is only the beginning. It's the admin that follows that makes it a career rather than a passion hash- and i'm not saying it's mutually exclusive but it's the admin that makes it viable to keep doing it mm. so more paperwork
1: please well there, that is one thing that i have uh, i've been really good about is doing the forms after every gig and registering it online good mm. you know really eager to get back to live work and-,
2: and when you tour the rest of the world if they play your music because you know they could do like a spotify playlist before if those recordings will get neighboring tell tell everybody every time everything one more question about other territories do the other countries have the forms and the online registrations in English for non-English speaking countries
3: yes most of them do
2: yeah so that's great so anybody can do up to the 10 that you recommend
3: usually yeah usually that's good and what about South America South America is a difficult one because I work as a representative and we have like an account manager there and it's a different system to a performer joining rather than a representative so for us there's no paperwork it's great but for a performer there would be paperwork and I assume that would be in Spanish or Portuguese. Well a lot of guys
4: don't know anything about the music business you know that's why they're not doing it anymore and that's why they're grumpy
3: right
4: you know understandably they just kind of go well they don't know and the lack of knowledge means that they get grumpy because they just think everybody's against them and they've got a victim mentality and mm-hmm. they think that you know oh, that's why they're angry about the music business and it's like well actually it's it's actually grown up a bit more now and it's getting better and better than like flying you know flying is really easy now go back yeah. 20 30 years it used to be people have got memory and so they put that memory onto the present world and they think ooh, i are not going to fly Uh, But now everything's so easier, and the music world is is easier. So, so it's just being clear about you know there are things now that you know because if you played on the record, you should have been played. But if you you can register now, there's still something there for that's right. That's right. So good.
2: And luckily, the music you do will always be Mm. so it will keep earning no matter when they register. So, do you feel confident now that you can advise them how to go and claim?
4: Yeah, much more.
2: Well, that was brilliant, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. And thank you for listening. And remember, go to ifr.co.uk and become a member. Then you can go to info at ifr.co.uk and ask us any questions you have. See you next time. Bye. Bye.